0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Are you in a crazy-making relationship? Feel anxious, angry, and unsafe? Welcome to Save Your Sanity. Insights, skills, strategies, and inspiration for Emerging Empowered from Toxic Relationships and Breaking the Bonds of Emotional Abuse. Keep listening. We'll figure a few things out. Welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. I'm glad you're here. We're going to be talking about how not to confuse being used with being loved. It's a really big distinction. And we want to err on the side of believing that we're loved. But it's really good to know when you're actually being used. And you want to know that because you don't want to be used. And you don't want someone to think that they can use you, right? So we want to be clear. that we are going to give you 10 ways to look at that in this episode. Ways that your rights are being violated, you're being taken advantage of, you're being manipulated. Because when you're in a relationship with a hijackal, my word for these relentlessly difficult folks, it's a one-sided relationship. And you feel it. You can't help but feel it. And you're constantly being gaslighted into thinking that the hijackal is actually doing you a favor by sticking around. Many hijackals go that route. Is that familiar to you? or the hijackal is just unaware of what feeling loved is all about or looking like being loving is all about. And you may be confused about that as well, and you don't want to see it. You maybe rationalize it, justify it, um, over-empathize, enable it. And you've gotten into a pattern of that, and still it doesn't feel good. You know it doesn't, and you end up doing all the giving with very little coming your way. And if that's happening to you, you want to make a change. So we get into this situation where we are being used, and we may not even recognize it. So we want to be clear about that, and we want to talk about 10 ways that you can identify whether it's love or whether it's being used. And there'll be familiar and there'll be some new ones and a few turns that you might not have thought of. So the number one thing, and not in any particular order, but the first one to think about is they demand attention. They demand time. They demand money. They demand opportunity. They demand loyalty. They demand it all. They don't give any to you. And if they do give something to you, they're giving as little as possible because they're afraid they won't get something. It doesn't come from an open heart. It doesn't come from generosity. It comes from an equation, a transaction. And their idea of the equation is they get as much as possible, you get as little as possible. And just think how they do on holidays and celebrations. You know, they want to sabotage that. They want to take all the air out of the room. They want to bring all the focus to them. And whether they do it by being nasty and causing a big scene, or they do it by saying, well, I'm just not going to go with him. And then you have to make a decision to be in solidarity with the spouse, or you just go ahead. And unfortunately, too many people do the solidarity thing. But the ruining of holidays, the ruining of your joy, the ruining of your celebration, the diminishing of your accomplishments, whatever it is, is them saying, I deserve all of the attention, I deserve all of the focus, and I'm going to bring it back to me, even if it's your birthday. I will, because it's all mine. And if I have to give you a little bit in order to keep you around, I might do that. But think about how you always come in second. That's being used rather than being loved. They're using you to validate themselves to be approved of by you, to show that they have power over you. They're using it to fill themselves up. They're not interested in those three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. You're not going to find equality, reciprocity, and mutuality in a relationship with a hijacker. You just won't. So they're they're very involved in demanding everything and all the focus come to them. And if you happen to get a little something on the way, well, okay. And what do they love to do? In order to get something that you don't want to give them, they future fake you. They say, well, one day we'll do what you want to do. Or one day you can have this. But right now I need this. And you know the future faking seldom arrives. But it gets you to buy in in the moment and make them the center of attention. And that's the whole focus of it. They give as little as they can, and they take as much as they can, and they demand everything from you. So that's the first red flag, that you are being used rather than being loved. The second one is that they're constantly asking you to do things for them, but they can't get around to your requests. Now, whether that's a little task around the house, it's asking for a little time. It's asking for the minimum in a relationship. They will ask you to do things to prove your love, to prove your attention, to prove that you are a good person, or they'll tell you that if you were a good person, you would do it automatically. Have you had that happen? That does happen far too frequently. And their needs are immediate. Yours can be put on hold. Not a problem, but their needs are immediate. They need to come first. I remember when I was a brownie in the Girl Scouts movement in Canada, and there was a book of stories, and it was all about things, wonderful little stories to teach us how to be and how not to be. And there was a story in there called The Me First Brownie, and each time I think about hijackles, I think about the me-first brownie, because that's what they really are. It's all about me. I need to come first. I need to have my needs met. I need to be comfortable. I need to be taken care of. And if there are any leftovers, which I hope there aren't, but you can have them. And that's being used, not being loved. They make their requests sound like little favors you could do for them, but they can be huge and time-consuming. Just If you could just do this for me. They make it sound teeny, but it's going to take you hours or to go well out of your way or to miss doing something you want to do. And they don't care because they want you to meet their needs. They are using you to have their needs met. Now, the third red flag is the question that they always have. What's in it for me? And basically, a hijackal gets up in the morning focused on winning. They're going to win in any circumstance, in any situation, no matter how they have to extend the truth, manipulate, or lie. They will. And if they're not winning, they're not playing. It's really, really clear. So the question they have is, how does that benefit me? That's all they want to know. And it's inferring. They're happy to infer that if they get what they want, it'll benefit you too. Have you had that experience? Well, you'll like it too. It'll be good for you too in the long run. But give me what I want. What's in it for me right now? And they want you perhaps to take a job in a city that they'd like to move to, and they don't support you to do it. They just want you to do it. They want you to move where they want you to move. They want you to buy a particular car because they'd like to borrow it. It's all about what's in it for me, and they'll isolate you from your family, from your friends, in order to meet their needs and demands, to be paid attention to. They love to cut you off. You know, I come from a long line of hijackals, and even though my godparents were not related by blood to me or my parents, they also were hijackals. And I remember the day of my wedding. My godmother was so excited. She'd helped me plan. She'd made dress changes for me. She was so excited because she had no children of her own. She was so excited. And what did her hijackal husband do on the morning of my wedding? He said, I don't think I feel well. You'd better stay home and look after me. There you go. They had to have power and control. So a healthier human will go the extra mile, give the benefit of the doubt. They will rationalize. They will justify because they want to be fair, and they want to be just, and they want to compromise, and they're willing to bend and flex. But that's not enough for a hijackal. A hijackal wants you to sacrifice, sacrifice and surrender to their needs. And they will tell you that you need to do it because that makes you nice and fair. But if you turn the tables and suggest that what they're doing is neither nice or fair, then they get all pouty or upset or engaging in the silent treatment or raging. Because it's definitely not the case that there's any equality that each person in the relationship has the same rights. Not going to happen isn't available. So important to see. The fourth red flag that you're being used to not being loved is that the conversation always manages to come back to them. You say something, and it's like, well, that happened to me once, and then you get a big story about that, and you are not asked any further questions. You're being used to validate them. You're being used as an audience of one. You're being used to support them and not interrupt them. That's not love. And when you start to see how that balances and how it stays totally out of balance much of the time, you can begin to see how it is being used and not being loved. And I know you don't want to see that. You know, I was working with a client today who told me, you know, a whole story. I'd never met the person before. Told me the story. And then toward the end of the session, I said, Yes, you've been emotionally abused. And it was shattering for that person to hear those words because as quickly as possible. There was a desire to say, oh, I shouldn't have said those things. You know, it's not really that bad. Oh, please do not defend that person a moment longer. You are being emotionally abused. When you come to the place that you can say those words, I am being emotionally abused. That's when you can say, and it's unacceptable, and I won't tolerate it another minute. But until you can admit that you are being emotionally abused, you will make excuses. You will come up with reasons. You will justify. You will rationalize. You will overemphasize. All of those things will happen. And they have little interest in you except when they want something from you. They don't care. They're not listening. They're not paying attention. You know, in my book, In for Couples, I talk about the fact that we have to be present to each other, not just proximate. Unless we have real presence with each other, being in the same room really doesn't matter. Just because we're sitting in the same room doesn't mean we're present to each other. You recognize that, right? So they have little interest in you, except when they want something from you, and then they give you only as much as they need to to get what they want. That's a big red flag that you're being used. It's truly disturbing once you start to see how frequently it happens. And I know it's hard. You don't want to see it. You don't want to believe it. You know, I said in a previous podcast that a couple of months ago I was interviewed on a video and the fellow said to me, what is the thing that is the hardest for you to teach people? I didn't have to think about it. The hardest thing for me to teach people is that there really are people in the world who behave like hijackals. There really are. Those people, they exist, and they're not changing. Because it's hard to grasp, and they are emotional abusers. They are emotional abusers. Whether you want to think about them that way, or whether you want to think about yourself as being emotionally abused, they are emotionally abusive. And it's important to take that in, to really take that in. You know they'll say things to you that um, they don't have any interest in you, but they give you only as little as they think that they have to, and then they resent it. They resent that they had to give you anything, and they'll say, "I shouldn't even have, I shouldn't even have to ask if you really loved me, or if you're the person that you pretend to be, or if you're the person you say you are. These things should come automatically. You should give everything to me." There's no should in it. You know, I'm on a campaign to eradicate that word from the vocabulary. We we don't give to people as a should. We give as a could, as a desire, from our love or compassion. But we don't, it's not a should. Anybody says that to you, that's a topic for another day. The fifth red flag is... They honestly believe that they're on the only highway going one way. And you are relegated to a single track path. They own the highway. You get the back road if you're lucky. There are no two-way streets with a hijack. It's hard to grasp, isn't it? When you really think about it, when you really get free from the anxiety of it for a moment or two, and you just sit with it and you go, yeah, there really aren't any two-way streets. Even the ones that I want to jump in and say, oh, yes, there are, or, I remember once it happened, were very, very short. And the hijackal claims the entire freeway. No two-way streets. You make all the adjustments for their benefit. And if you don't make all the adjustments for their benefit, they shame you. They blame you. They try to make you feel guilty. They make you wrong. They will do anything to win. Remember, Hajjago gets up in the morning, sniffs the herbal tea, and says, I'm going to have a winning day. I will win over everybody. And if I have to lie to do it, I will. I have no compunctions about that. The number six red flag is you are always wrong. You are always wrong and just waiting to be wrong. That's the way it is because it's control, control, control. That's all they're into. So they're going to make you wrong because they think it makes you smaller. And if they can make you smaller, you'll be more controllable. So they say in ways, you're not good enough, you're too demanding, you are asking too much, that's ridiculous, you're not making me look good. And so they're always going to put you in the wrong, even if it's impossible for you to be in the wrong, they will tell you that you're wrong. I'm sure you have instances of that. If you've been in a relationship with a hijackal parent or a hijackal partner, a hijackal sibling, a friend, they just can never be right. You can never quite get it right. And the reason for that is if they allowed you to get it right, you would be equal. And they're not having that. So you can't be right. Because that would be giving away too much, absolutely too much. And absolutely everything is your fault. But I don't have to say that again, because you already know that. Number seven is negotiations with a hijackal are next to impossible. Because they're using you, not loving you. If they left you, they would be interested in how you feel and how you think and what you want and why you want it and how they could support you in the same way that you would do that for them. But they don't do that. They're not interested in that. That's not the way it rolls out. You know that. It's just simply not the case. So what they want goes, no negotiation. When they want what they want, no negotiation. How they get what they want, little negotiation. Because the focus is on them and getting what they want, and they really don't care. That's why it's so difficult to go to court and get a divorce with a hijacker. And much of what they're asking for, they don't want. They just don't want you to have it. Because negotiation is not in their wheelhouse. Negotiation to them is a warfare to win. It is not a negotiation where each of us gets something that we want. I used to teach negotiation in the uh, MBA program for the University of Texas. And negotiation is a wonderful thing. Wonderful to know how to negotiate. And to use that phrase, negotiate in good faith. But you can never negotiate in good faith with the hijack call, Because all they're saying is, give me more, give me more, give me more, give me more. It's never going to work. And you'll always be found lacking. Now, big, big sign. This isn't love. It isn't love. You're being used. Now, it occurred to me a year ago, I guess, that maybe I should write something on what healthy love is. So I did write an ebook, and you can find it um, when you go to EmergingEmpowered.com. You can find the shop there, and it's about how to know what healthy love is and how to know if you have it. But you want to know what it is because healthy love has a sense of autonomy for all people. Healthy love is offering that in equality, reciprocity, mutuality. Healthy love is demonstrating that equality, reciprocity, and mutuality through honesty, safety, trust, respect, and reliability. And when we do that, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. You bask in the safety of it. In the feeling secure, in the feeling of not being alone. There are few lonelier places than to be in a relationship full time with a hijacker. Very lonely. So, knowing what healthy love is, maybe you want to go and read that ebook. You'll find it in emergingempower.com or you'll find the programs that I have written the courses, the, all those things at relationshipprograms.com if you want to go directly there. Or if you'd like to work with me directly one-on-one, you could go to beaclient.com. beaclient.com and use my one-time new client one-hour consultation for only $97. Or if you want to join my community, Emerging Empowered, go to join in today today.com. So we've had now seven big red flags that demonstrate that it's not love, it's being used. Number eight is <clears throat> your boundaries are ignored, and they delight in ignoring them. You set a boundary which is non-negotiable by nature, and they are just delighted to see how they can ignore it, slice it, dice it, and hand it back to you demolished. You've probably experienced that too. They don't want to know you. They don't want to know what you like, what you need, what you value, what you're dreaming of. The only thing they want to know about that is what they can weaponize for later and throw it back in your face. They're not interested in you. I know in the beginning in the love-bombing phase, it really seemed like they were interested in you and you were happy about it and rightfully so but they eventually show their true colors and they're not interested in you they're interested in you in themselves and what you can bring to them it's not a two-way street as we've already discussed very important they don't want to know what you like they don't want to know what makes you feel loved They don't want to know what makes you feel happy or what you prefer, except so that if they know that, they can have power over you by withholding it from you, not giving it to you. That's terrible, but that's what they do. And again, you're being used, not being loved. If you tell them, here's how I feel, here's what I need, here's what support looks like, you go into great detail, they ignore it. They're not really listening, or they forget it immediately. Or, as I said earlier, they just wait a while and turn it around and use it as a weapon against you. And that's a horrible moment when that happens. I know it's a horrible moment. And it's they kind of say to you, how silly of you. To think that I would be interested in what you feel and what you need. Why, why would I care? You know, it's crazy. But that's how a hijackal feels. It's all about Doc. Why would I care about you? I'll tell people I care about you. Every now and again, I'll tell you I care about you because I don't want you to leave me and not give me all the goodies I've been getting but they don't care. And I know this can be a devastating episode to hear because you can't pretend any longer. You can't make excuses. You can't cover up. These things are happening. And you can wake up and smell the herbal tea and say, yes, they are. And I do need to accept that I am being emotionally abused. I do need to accept And number nine is everyone is more important than you, including all their friends, all their families, their work environment, their sports, their gym membership, their church, their associations, the person down the block, the person walking by. They're all more important than you. Their hobbies are more important than you. Everything is more important than you. You are always a second-class citizen when you're with a hijackal. And that's sad and sadly true. You will always be a second-class citizen when you're with a hijackal. Now, the tenth one. It's really kind of hard to wrap our heads around that their gratitude is non-existent. There is no gratitude welling up. There is no gratitude that just says, oh, thank you, that's so thoughtful. Or thank you, I I just feel seen. No, no. To say thank you is almost torture to them. Their, gra- their gratitude is almost non-existent. They expect you to put them first. They expect you to take care of them. They expect you to take a backseat. They expect you to pay for them. They expect you to be loyal no matter what. They expect you to support their dreams, their vision, their whims, their desires, their preferences. But it will not come back your way. Yeah, sure. You can say, oh, in this little way, on this day, I remember last year it happened. But on a regular, balanced basis? No, you know that. You know that. And you are much more important than taking a back seat on a full time basis to a hijacker. You really are. You have a life to live. And you cannot live your life fully when you're being suppressed by a hijacker who's using you. You just can't be, because they don't care how you feel. They only care how you feel affects them. Are they not going to get what they want because you're feeling something? Let's take the prime example. You're in a relationship with a hijackal. You become sick or injured. Hmm, That's when the rubber hits the road, isn't it? You're on your own. You are on your own. I was talking with a client, oh no, I know, six, seven months ago. And her husband was watching sports on TV when she went into labor. And he said, Drive yourself. You don't expect me to miss this, do you? That's hijackal speak. That's a true hijackal speak. So when you're sick or injured, they just expect you to keep doing what you do for them. They're not going to be there. Oh, they might make a little stab at it for a minute or two, but they can't sustain it. How many times have I heard stories about a person getting really ill and the hijackal walking out on them because the hijackal had needs too and they weren't being met? It's very important to see these things. And they expect business as usual, no matter how you're feeling. And if you can't provide business as usual because you have a temperature of 102, they're going to tell you you're weak, and you should put on your big person panties and deal with it. Because they need service. They need to not have to even hear about your problems. And that's how you're being used. That is not love. It is not And if any of this rings true, you are not being loved. You are being used. And as I say that, you can almost hear in your head going, but, 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 but. If you haven't listened to the episode on how you can become emotionally malnourished because you settle for crumbs, then you will begin to understand this. If you want to go and and listen um, to the podcast on my website, you can go to SaveYourSanityPodcast.com. You can see all of the things there. Um, Of course, you can get them on all the major places, all the podcatchers, as they call them, but they're also on my website at SaveYourSanityPodcast, and they're searchable so that you can find all those things. So, I hope this really settles in for you. I know it's unwelcome information. We don't want to think of other people using us. We don't want to think we're available to being used. But let's see the forest for the trees. You feel used. You know that because you feel resentment. You feel less than. Someone's always putting you down. You're being used. For them to have power over somebody, they're trampling on you, and that's using you. So I hope you see this, even if it's unsettling, even if you don't want to see it. I hope you will allow yourself to sit with it and see it once and for all, and be able to say, I am being emotionally abused, and it's not okay. And until we speak again, take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Savior Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some insights, ideas, and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with $1 or $5 each month, please do so at patreon.com slash Also, learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my Emerging Empowered community, subscribe to this podcast, find my books, all by visiting emergingempowered.com. Talk soon!